Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert and... And Helen Lazowski. How you doing and Helen, all good? Good, thank you, you? Yeah, very good actually, very good. Feeling quite chipper today for some reason, don't know why. <laughs> Uh, probably because I'm talking to you and we're recording this wonderful podcast. So today we are going to be talking about bullet journaling and alternative productivity methods as in the one that I might use because I'm not a massive fan of bullet journaling. So, but Helen, you are, you, you sort of... I, I am a problem. So, so my big question, and I think we've alluded to this in other podcasts that we've done, and I think it's about time that you had the opportunity to get off your chest. What the hell is your problem with bullet journals, Rob? Because you have many. I know many of them, and I've even listened to some of them. Obviously, I tune you out eventually. But tell me, Rob, what do you got against bullet journals? To be honest, I'm not sure we've got enough time in this podcast for for everything that I think is wrong with them. But um, I, you know what? It's like all productivity systems. They work for some people but they don't work for other people. And this, the simple way that I think about productivity systems is there's two things. There's a container and there's a series of rules. The container contains the the work, the stuff that you want to get done or the ideas or whatever it is that you're capturing. And the rules then become how you process that system. So this is about getting stuff done, essentially. And I think the challenge I had with Bullet Journal, I jumped onto it way back when it was, was Ryder Carroll first sort of came up with this system. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I loved the idea of being able to use a notebook to get stuff done. But every day that I was using it, I wasn't getting anything done. I was basically spending more time administering the container than I was actually doing the stuff in it. It just didn't work for me. I felt the rules were very rigid. And I know you can you can sort of flex it and do your own stuff. And I know that's a little bit what you do, Helen. You've sort of mashed around some of the sort of given rules, shall we say, that come with it. But I just... I don't know. There's a number of reasons. One is I didn't like the whole rewriting of the calendar. It just felt completely pointless. And I know you mentioned there's some stickers. And of course, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. But I was sort of following the rules to a T. And I was like, why have I got to rewrite the calendar? And there's not enough room for everything. I ended up creating multiple pages and stuff just got messy. Also, my handwriting is so bad that actually I can barely read it myself sometimes. And I think I just really struggled with this sort of like, where's this? Where's that? What does that say? And I just made a complete mess of it, basically. I mean, and this is all on me. You know, I'm not saying there's a problem with bullet journaling. It just doesn't work for me. And it's just so time consuming. I just spent so long on it that I was just not getting anything done. And I don't know, it just became so popularized and everybody jumped in. And then I'd start looking at other people's bullet journals and going, why doesn't mine look like that? <laughs> you know, I can't draw. I can't color. I can't do anything, really. And I've seen your drawing, Rob. Vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs on skateboards is about my maximum. And I just, I literally just could not make it look like I wanted it to look like. And I think that disparity between what it should be and what mine was, was just so, there was, the gap was just so big. And it was just so depressing that I just ended up not wanting to use it at all and moved on to something else. But Helen, I know you, you love your bullet journal. You moved away from it slightly on on my sort of uh, suggestion to move to, to do it. And That's all I did. I tried new things. Turns out you were completely wrong and I was completely right. So I've gone back. But, you know. Why do you enjoy it then? You know, it's given I've just listed all the reasons why I don't really enjoy it. Are they basically the opposite to that? Well, you see, now you know my attitude to rules. Rules are only rules until you come up with something better. From that point of view, you, I've always had a bit of uh, a, a lax relationship with rules. To be fair, I... I make it work for me and I use it as much. So I, we were talking previously about uh, you doing some journaling and I use it as a kind of journal. So for me, I don't necessarily do 
I write out the whole month. I don't put all my uh, appointments and stuff in there. What I want to be able to see is on a month, do I have, what payments have I got to make? Have I done everything? You know, I put things on there that I need to not forget. Have I paid the car tax? Those kind of things. Now, to be fair, those are things that uh, Todoist does way better as an electronic management system. But the idea of spending some time each day sharpening the saw, are you aware of that analogy, this idea of, you know, mm. an eight hours to chop a tree, seven of them should be spent yeah. sharpening the saw? That, that is what it is for me. It's gathering my thoughts, thinking about what is important. And you're talking about getting stuff done. I have, I'm a massive procrastinator and this feeds in a little bit, but it's a little bit like a trick for my brain because actually it stops me procrastinating with stuff that's not important and means that if I'm only going to do four things today, I damn well want to make sure that they're the important four. And I need to be able to think about all the things I have to do and pick the most important four rather than just start at the top of whatever's in my head. Otherwise, I only do the fun stuff and you never do any of the shitty stuff. That collecting my thoughts, giving myself space to think. The other thing is, is I'm really, I think I might have said this to you before, I'm really graphically triggered. So for me, seeing, I used to doodle in my notebooks and I could look at the doodles. I wouldn't have taken notes of the meeting, but I could look at the doodles and remember that meeting really, really clearly. And that's part of that realization meant that the color coding and the uh, touches of color that I use in a bullet journal. But when we're talking about this, Rob, you're talking about these people who have the most beautiful artistic um, skills or they have really beautifully neat handwriting. My bullet journal is absolutely functional, bottom line, functional. It still looks good though. You know, I've seen your bullet journal. It still looks good. You've still got colors, you've got nice fonts and, you know, nice little squiggly bits and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, it still looks good. You saw, you saw mine. Mine was, you know, you know, to yeah. be fair, I was taking the mickey when I did you the were journal. Like, completely, yeah, you were <laughs> almost a beautiful <laughs> Rob. I think you've hit the point there, though, that, that I was using bullet journaling to get stuff done. As in, this was about listing tasks and what have I got to do? And let's just go. I'm fairly action orientated. And I think what you've suggested you use it for is a little bit of both, which is, you know, the pondering, the journaling, the reflecting, yeah. the sort of introspection, as well as that. I, I guess helping you prioritize the stuff that's important to you. Yes. Um, so you're combining those two things together, which is what I I didn't do. Um, plus, I I just can't draw. So, um, but it sounds to me like you're actually because because I do journaling in a notebook, very physical, you know, fountain yeah. pen notebook, and then I have a productivity system, and I've separated those two. Is yeah. yours more of a combined? Mine is Almost the other opposite way. Yeah, I've pulled those two things together. I, I even keep my old bullet journals. They have no usable purpose whatsoever, but I keep them because of that reflection that's in there in the same way as you might keep a journal. I don't know that I'd remember anything if I went back and looked at stuff. It's kind of like a diary of your life, isn't it? That idea of you, there are important things going on and yeah. certain points. And you, you, you're keeping some kind of record of that. Now, mine is usually... What am I going to do? Whereas yours, what have I done? But we're both going through that same process of how do I feel about this? What, it, Given what's happened, what am I going to do tomorrow? And that's ultimately both of us do that, exactly that. I've got two separate systems and you've got the sort of bullet journal combined, which, yeah, I guess is where I probably potentially went wrong, which was just expecting this journal to help me get stuff done and that just doesn't play to me as a as an individual who's I come up with lots of ideas I come up with lots of stuff that I need to get done and I put it on a list and I do it yeah and I don't spend a lot of time reflecting in that system I use a journal to do that 
So what do you use for your bullet journaling? Is it a sort of pretty standard notebook? No, because I used to be a big fan of um, the Moleskine ones and I did the, well, I can't pronounce this and my stepdaughter's German and she's, can't, she's tried to teach me the Luke Sturm ones, but I may have pronounced that wrong. But yeah, anyway. I know which ones you mean, yeah. I'm not going to try and present it. <laughs> I'm not going to try and uh, say that either. So. <laughs> you keep me and I keep forgetting. 20 minutes later, I've forgotten. But I tried both of those and I don't like the paper in them. So I switched to a beautiful one, which is called uh, Paper, which I rave about, P-A-I-P-U-R. And they are kind of um, a bit bigger than B5. So they are quite big and they're not quite square, but they're quite meaty-sized journals but unfortunately that company has closed now and I'm really devastated so I've switched and my new um is a zen art supplies uh one and they are they've got like this modernista series and they've got like little uh, they do four or five different colors and they do uh, little Japanese um icons or pictures down the side of the pages so when you have closed you've got color and I like that because I'm childish and you know, it's joyful. More, even more during lockdown is I've fallen in love with these ideas of um, the brush pen, the colouring stuff in, as you used to call it. Um, <laughs> it's even more joyful with a brush pen because it lets you do um, sort of hard downstrokes and soft upstrokes, which gives you an italic look for some of your letters. And you were saying about how, you know, my bullet journal looks nice. Thank you very much, by the way, because that was accidentally a compliment. I pull from a, a kind of set of about 10 different things that I just do over and over with different colours. So it's not that I have a big repertoire of skills. I'm not doing something different each time. I just choose one for one of the 10. Halloween is one of my big things. So I did on the Halloween week, go a little bit to town with the pictures with, you know, cauldrons and uh, spider webs and, you know, gravestones and pumpkins. So I did have fun with that, but because it was fun and I had nothing better to do during lockdown. That's good. Yeah, you see, I, I I very much separate out the two systems, and I've actually started um, using calendars. I've actually, to be fair, I've used calendars. Um, I mean, all the time that we work together, I would always have a calendar. I'd print it out and you know follow the, the yeah. actual schedule on there. Um, but I've certainly started using that a lot more in lockdown to try and add some discipline, some principles, some routine to yeah. the days, which can actually slide by if you're not too focused. And the whole time blocking stuff has been wonderful. I mean, I've always raved about it at the, yeah. in the work day, but actually in personal life has been great as well. For me, it's it's important to see everything in that container. You know, I talked about containers and rules. And the principle for me is that everything that I have to do should be in that container so that I'm not managing multiple systems. I don't have like a list here, a calendar here and, and what have you. So for me, Google Calendar has been a godsend because I can create different calendars. So yeah. there's a household one, there's a work one, there's a publishing schedule, um, there's a sort of recording these podcasts, all of that stuff is in there. It's because the power I found when you stick it all in one system and you can see it on a calendar is after you've stopped crying at how little time you actually have, you can see it, it forces a priority because you clearly can't be doing more than one thing at a time. And so you have to prioritize because there's only so many hours in a day and you need to put in leisure time and spending time with the kids and staying fit and all that sort of stuff. But then the blocks in between are for filling up with podcast, writing, work or whatever it is that we've got to do. And for me, that's been huge. Um, now, how does this link to Todoist? Well, there are always those tasks that just need doing that don't actually, you know, warrant a slot on a calendar, so yeah. to speak, you know, phone the insurance company, book this, do that sort of thing. So I have a dedicated slot on the calendar for admin and I use the Todoist 
Google Calendar integration so that I can that, see, yeah. yeah, so I can see all the tasks that I've got in Todoist on the calendar. Um, and I put them on roughly the same day as I have the admin, which is usually a Friday. Friday afternoons, all paperwork, accountancy, that sort of stuff. And the Todoist tasks are all basically on the calendar as well. So I can see everything in one place, which is super helpful. And it's been it's been wonderful, you know, because I'm not trying to take on too much. As much yeah. as I'd love to do a lot more stuff, I just look at the calendar and go, I can't. It's just, it's full. So tell me how, because this is really interesting to me, because you, you, you were saying, you know, you print out the beginning of the day, your calendar, and that that's your kind of paper version that you stick with because it's all on there. And I appreciate that because obviously that's effectively your own bullet journal that you've created for the day but what happens when things change because I know we uh have worked at the same company lots of times actually now but particularly some companies those meetings would change those those things that you said you were going to do changed all the time so you you know you could set off for your nine o'clock meeting with your calendar set for the day and before you'd finish that nine o'clock meeting your 10 o'clock one had changed how do you cope with that on a paper version um, well, I mean, it's still a digital version at the end of the day. It's just a printed out version, which I use to sort of schedule the day. I, I always try not to change the day itself unless obviously a big emergency pops up. So this is, uh, it comes down to where you want to focus your energy and attention. So if I've planned my day and I will always leave margin in there. So there will always be gaps for people to put meetings in or whatever. Yeah. Um, I only ever check email twice a day when I'm at work in a business. So once in the morning, once in the afternoon. Um, so I'm not distracted. If anything's urgent, people will find me. They'll they'll come and see me, whatever. And so I try to stick to the day. And it, it comes back to if I've put it on the calendar, it's important. It's really important. There's stuff I really, really want to get done. And therefore, it's almost immovable unless an absolute disaster pops up. So it's a case of saying no and then finding a slot further on in the week, either tomorrow or, or whatever, for that thing. If there is an emergency, then obviously, you know, I have to look at the day and go, well, which one can slip? and then move that to a spare slot in the week. And for me, the important thing is there are some things that are immovable. So for me, it's family stuff. So if the kids have got to play or, or whatever, and obviously when we're out of lockdown, that's a little bit more relevant, then that stuff can't move. There's uh, quiet time, which I need to just contemplate, think, you know, and, you know, we've worked together. I'm a big yeah. system thinker. I like to study and look at the world that we're in and then see how we can improve it. And that requires time. So that's immovable. Learning time's immovable. One-to-ones with directs as a manager, immovable. All the other stuff is stuff that we can sort of move around. And if there isn't room for it, then it, it doesn't get done. And that's been the most wonderful thing because I would just try and cram it in or shrink this meeting or try and do more in this time than I'm actually possible to do. And that just created a whole amount of stress, which time blocking has completely done away with. If I can't do it this week, it moves. And if it's really important, I've got to drop something else off that list. And that's almost giving yourself permission to say no, isn't it? Yeah. You, you've you set yourself some rules. And as long as you don't break your own rules, then there is no time this week. And unless something's going to give, it has to go into next week. And so no becomes an inevitability rather than a choice that you're making. Yeah. And I think that's quite a smart way of dealing with it. Definitely. And, you know, I've always encouraged everybody who's ever worked with me or, or for me to put all of their work in a calendar. So if you're you know, whatever it is your job doing, maybe you're, you're a marketing manager and you've got to build a brand new campaign, that needs putting in your calendar because if you don't put stuff in your calendar, certainly at work, other people will. Yes. And that's the whole point is this is busy. You can't book this time, but you need to leave some gaps and some margin for people to to obviously speak to you, to work with you and for you to, you know, have a little bit of space should 
things sort of shift around. But I've always encouraged everyone to put it in the calendar because, you know, as, as somebody who works in the commercial world where everything is done through meetings and calendars, certainly now with Zoom meetings all day. Yeah. If the calendar looks free, I'm putting a meeting in. Um, if it's busy, I'm going to respect that. And if it's absolutely urgent, I'll pick up the phone and speak to you. So I think there's a whole shift that needs to happen, certainly in the new you know, lockdown, post-lockdown. What's going to happen? Are we going to be remote more? And this Zoom fatigue is very real. I'm working with a company at the moment that just is nine to five Zoom calls, but that's not work. No. So Zoom, Zoom calls doesn't work. So, so when are people doing the work? They're doing the work in the evenings or at the weekends. Which is And that's wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 100% wrong. So um, we need to get tougher. And time blocking yeah. for me is I'm busy, can't join this meeting. If the meeting's super important, um, then I can reschedule or no, I'm not turning up. And and it's hard. It's very hard for people to do. I'm not saying that's easy. Um, certainly depends who's booking the meeting, who CEO books me, and then obviously maybe I might be a bit more flexible. <laughs> what would happen? Yeah, it's it's the time blocking for me though is it's that it's that the tears that you get when you realise you can't fit everything you want to do into a week uh, or into a day, and, yeah. and something has to give. You have to drop a project or reprioritise, and it's been wonderful for me. But just to finish up, really, I'm quite interested. To, to just take one more question on to you, which is, so that calendar that you've worked with during the day, do you then take that physically and look at that before you do your journal reflecting? Or do you reflect based on what your emotions tell you how the day has gone? Or do you base it on what physically you've done? Are you ticking stuff off a list effectively? Or are you responding to how the day made you feel? That's a great question, actually. So as I go through the day, I will tick the, the things that I've done. And then obviously I'll scribble all over it. I need to move this. I need to do that or, or whatever. The journaling is, I I do it often in the morning. I have a sad lamp, which I don't know whether I suffer from sad, but I certainly feel better once I've had 45 minutes of bright light in the morning. Hmm. So I generally sit and do some writing and then do some journaling at that point. And the journaling in the morning tends to be, what am I going to try and do today? So I'll have a look at the calendar. I won't get sucked into email or social media. It's, it's already printed out at this point. And it's really about who am I trying to become? That's what the journal is. The journal is who am I trying to become? It's not about what I'm trying to get done, if that makes sense. Um, and then in the evening, it's just putting up that day for reflection, really, and looking at, did I do the things I wanted to do? But more importantly, was I the person I wanted to be? That's what the journal's for. You know, How can I get better? Can I listen more? Can I be more attentive? Did I do the right things? Did I choose the right options? Did I give in to that nice donut that looked tasty? And it's... <laughs> It is. It's just about how am I getting better? Because if I don't sort of put that under review, then the distractions and the emotions and the impulses just take over. And it can be weeks before I get back on track to being healthy and sleeping well and doing all the right things. Well, we do say, don't we, measure what matters. And actually, you're doing exactly the same thing as I am doing in a different way. And I measure, my bullet journal is effectively measuring what matters. How productive am I? Am I doing the most important things? Have I done, uh, how is my fitness going? How is my, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I measure in the same way as you measure. We just measure them uh, with different systems. I think that's, yeah. ultimately, Rob, you're a bullet journaler. Go on, admit it. Yeah, possibly. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm never going to admit that. Um, <laughs> not never. publicly. But anyway. I think. I think what's interesting there is is the measure is really important and we'll we'll actually probably dedicate an entire podcast yeah. to how do you measure your productivity whether you know using stationary or not because I think the modern world is obsessed with measuring number of tasks done uh, you know number of followers you know number of this number of that and actually 
I think the measures that we're both talking about, or correct me if I'm wrong here, <laughs> is a measure about who we are as a person, yeah. which is which is hard to quantify into numbers, but it's easier to qualify through writing and journaling and reflecting on who we've been and our behaviours. Yes, I think that idea of it being behaviour um, driven is is the secret, really. Uh, I certainly am not going to go off this podcast and start bullet journaling. That is for sure. Um, <laughs> don't worry, there is there there is no worry about that. But I don't don't get me wrong. I don't hate on bullet journaling. I just I can't get it to work for me. Um, no. I found my own system, and that's the trick, isn't it? It's yeah. these containers with rules, and you need to find the ones that work for you. Mine's the same. I don't do strict bullet journaling in the way that, you know, um, Mr. Carroll did. But at the same time, I think it's really important that we both recognise that it's what works. So although you are, I'm teasing you because you have teased me for years about hating bullet journaling and being a complete waste of time. This is actually a serious investigation. This podcast was actually supposed to be a serious conversation about what problems it's solving by using a bullet journal or not, and how you solve those problems. And I think it's really important that however you, you know, we all have similar problems, relatively speaking, and however works in solving those, as long as you're moving forward, then that's right for you. Thanks again, Helen. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, let us know. Leave a review, hit that like button wherever you're listening to this. And of course, let us know what you want us to talk about. We could ramble on forever and we probably will do with every podcast. But if there's something specific that you want us to talk about, then let us know. And I hope you've enjoyed it and look forward to speaking to you in the next one. Take care, Helen. Bye.